For as long as we have lived For as long as we have known Love has carried us You're listening to the Sermon Podcast of Genesis West in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. You can find out more about us at genesiscove.org. Enjoy the teaching. Today's scripture reading is from Luke, chapter 3, verses 15 to 22. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the shaft he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. But Herod the ruler who had been rebuked by him because of Herodias, his brother's wife, and because of all the evil things that Herod had done, added to them all by shutting up John in prison. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Laura. Um, so, Deva and Charlie and I were hanging out this week, and Deva is one of the preachers here at Genesis. She's preaching next week, actually. And she asked me this question. She goes, how, You know, when you approach a text, how do you approach it? Like, what's your process? And my eyes got really big because there's very few things I like to talk about more. And my answer that I didn't have written down anywhere, but my answer immediately was um, I start with my curiosity. I start with my questions, and I really try to find the humanity in the text that's hidden behind the things that we have already heard for our whole lives. And uh, so I started asking questions like, well, why was John so sure that he wasn't the Messiah and that Jesus was? And why did Jesus get baptized? And... Why did John say what he said about Jesus when people kept asking him whether he was the Messiah? He'll have a winnowing fork in his hand, gathering the wheat, burning the chaff with unquenchable fire. That's what John says about what the Christ will do, the Messiah. So from there, I just start looking at the text and the other texts, and, um, and then a sermon comes together. Uh, and Midrash, as John mentioned, is the, partly the belief that we're going to find God's word best when we believe that it's living and active and still happening, and when we discuss it together. So um, I started out with what is baptism? Baptism means to immerse, to wash clean, but it also, like from a real secular level, means to dip into a dye, so to mark or color as distinctive. And then the Messiah, or the Christ, Christos, uh, what Jewish people believed in the first century and why people were so excited that 
John was speaking the way he was and that he might be Messiah was that a future Jewish king from the Davidic line would come. He was expected to be anointed with holy anointing oil, and he would rule the Jewish people during the Messianic age and the age to come. So it was going to be a new beginning, and they hadn't heard a prophetic word for 400 years, and so John was coming, and he was speaking, and he was hanging out in the wilderness, and he looked funky and weird. People thought he was the reincarnation of Elijah, and they were ready for something to happen. So what they believed about Messiah or Christ is that during the Messianic age and the age to come, that the whole world would worship the one God of Israel, that's from Isaiah 2, that the leaders of other nations would look to this king for guidance, also Isaiah 2, that he would include and attract people from all cultures and nations, that's Isaiah 11, I think they mostly skipped that, that passage, though, as they thought about the Messiah that actually came. Uh, all Israelites would be returned to their homeland. That's Isaiah 11. Death would be swallowed up forever. No more hunger, illness, or injury. Sound familiar? That's Isaiah 25. But they believe that that would be in the here and now of the, of the Messianic age as well as in the age to come. The weapons of war would be destroyed, Ezekiel 39. Barren land would be made abundant and fruitful, Isaiah 51. And nations would recognize the wrongs they did to Israel and repent, Isaiah 52 and 53. So that's what they were excited about. And that's what they were expecting the Christ to do. So first all-play question. Uh, when Jesus began doing his ministry, what did he start doing? This is not a trick question. It's just to get, get the people going a little bit. What did he do? He did miracles, yep. Turned water into wine, 180 gallons worth. Pretty good. That was his opening salvo. Pretty good. Yeah, he traveled all around. He, went to, he didn't just stay... In Galilee, he went to different areas where non-Jewish folks were. What else? He disrupted, did I hear? He was disruptive, yes. And then he, he called disciples, yep. And then in the back, Chris, thanks. Got to know them. He talked and healed. He confronted. He fasted. What else? Did things people didn't expect. He went and got baptized. So um, the question for today is, who is the Christ, and what did he come to do? Um, so with many exhortations, John proclaimed the good news to the people, but Herod the ruler, the king, who had been rebuked by John because of Herodias, his brother's wife, who was now his wife, uh, and because of all the evil things that he had done, he shut John up in prison. So a prophet was speaking out against a leader that was in power. And what happened to that prophet? He got put in prison, right? Because that's what happens. Now, um, Religious folks apparently are not supposed to get political, right? Not supposed to get political. But the role of the prophet to anyone in power 
is to bring God's word to them because power blinds you. It's really hard to hear from God when you're a leader. Now, you think the opposite is true. You think, oh, if you're a religious leader, you have a pipeline to God. But the truth is, it's actually much harder because you are trying to uh, appease certain people so that you can stay in power. You got a lot of people talking at you from both sides of every mouth possible. And so the role of the prophet, the word for prophet is navi, it just means to bring, is to bring to the person in power these questions. What wrong are you doing that you can't see? How does God want you to repent? And how will you respond? And a leader that eventually listens is a leader after God's own heart. But it's really hard to do. So John the Baptist, in a very political way, openly rebuked the religious leader of the day, King Herod, and he got shut up in prison. But here's what's really fascinating. A couple of chapters later in Luke 7, John's disciples come to visit him. And we read in in Luke 7, verse 18, the disciples of John reported all the things Jesus was doing to John. Now, um, the things that Jesus was doing, things that you already said, but if you read chapters 4, 5, and 6 of Luke, he healed a Roman centurion servant who was an enemy. He raised a young man from the dead. He healed people on the Sabbath. He commanded his followers to love their enemies, to reserve all judgment, and he invited a tax collector who Jewish people would have hated to be one of his disciples. Those were all the things that he was doing that John's disciples told him about. And so John, the Baptist, sent those disciples back to Jesus with this question. Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Now, I'll play. Why does he ask that question? He's a prophet, one who brings the word of God to leaders. Why does he ask that question? He wants to know his, John wants to know his place? Yep, yes. Thanks, Will. What else? Circumstances have caused him to doubt. Thanks, Greg. What circumstances have caused him to doubt? He's in prison, but also, remember what I, remember, so the disciples came to him telling him all the things that Jesus had done, and then John says, okay, I want you to go back to this leader and ask him if he's the one, or should we wait for someone else? What's he asking? He is fully doubting that Jesus is the Messiah, and openly rebuking him. Why? Jesus is not playing by the rules. Now remember what John said. His winnowing fork will be in his hand. He will bring the wheat into the granary. Who's the wheat? 
all the good people that follow the commandments. Now, this is John the Baptist saying he's a good guy, but he has a frame of reference. And he will burn the chaff with what? Unquenchable fire. But up until now, Jesus is not doing any burning of any chaff. In fact, he's inviting the chaff to be on his cabinet. The tax collectors, he's healing Roman centurions. He's really getting in the face of religious leaders. So John the Baptist, who's a prophet, is doing what prophets do, and he's getting in the face of a leader and saying, are you the one? Because you're not acting like the one. This isn't how the king of Israel is supposed to run his campaign. That is precisely what he's saying. So I'll play. What do you do with that? John the Baptist is a hero in the Bible, right? Jesus was later going to say he's one of the greatest and also one of the least, because Jesus is paradoxical on purpose at all times. What are we to make of this? Take comfort in why, Matt? I love that. Why? Even, even John doubted. Doubting is okay. Questioning is okay. Going all the way down the line is okay. Why else did, did Luke include this? Now, if you read Mark, which is the oldest gospel, no mention of any of this stuff. In fact, Mark doesn't, Mark doesn't include the virgin birth. Mark doesn't include anything about the birth. Mark goes right to the baptism. Boom, and he makes it explicit. A voice from the Lord boomed out. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then Jesus is led into the wilderness, right? The 40 days and 40 nights wilderness. In Mark, he takes two verses to do the wilderness. Because it's, man, we are the king. We are the son of God in Mark. Mark's great too. But Luke is like, hold on, Mark. You left out a ton of details. Now, John the Baptist gets his head chopped off before we find out if he gets his doubts resolved. So we're left with that question. Okay. What are we to do with that? Church of 2019, what questions does that raise for you? Whoa, thanks, Eric. Even in the big story, there's a lot of little stories going on. What else? Thank you, Deva. What misconceptions do I have about Jesus? Man, is it easy to think that I have the picture of Jesus painted pretty well. And whoever else that's potentially disagreeing with me, doesn't. On whatever side that you find yourself. So that's why when John's disciples go back to Jesus and ask him, Jesus says, you tell them. The dead are being raised. The blind are being given sight. 
He's like, the Christ has come. And John is the greatest among them, among those that he has come for. So Jesus doesn't like put John in a penalty box. Jesus says, oh man, John's getting it actually. John's one of the few that's getting it. So who is the Christ and what did he come to do? One of the things that's really fun about the Bible is that as you read it, you, you begin to understand that uh, as it was written from the beginning to the end, um, the writers are learning more and more about what's happening, right? So you don't have the whole story in the beginning. You don't even have the whole story in the Gospels. And then you, you get later in the epistles and you, you find out more of the story. And that's why in our reading of the Scripture, as our understanding of God expands, as the, the understanding of how humanity works and science and revelation, we have more and more understanding of God and what God does. So in Colossians 1, I want to read this to you. We read about what the Christ, who the Christ is and what the Christ does. And my mom gave this Bible to me for Christmas. I put it on my Christmas list. And she emailed me, she goes, are you sure you want this one? I'm like, yeah, it's really cool. She goes, yeah, but it's like large print. <laughs> I said, yeah. And then lots of emojis. Okay. The Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him, all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. For he himself, the Christ, is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is at the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was placed, was pleased to dwell. And through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. Who is the Christ, and why has he come? Well, he's eternal. So the Christ is different than Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth was born, died, resurrected, and the Christ embodied him. The Christ has been present for all times. The Christ created all things and holds all things together. The Christ is the image of the invisible God, and the fullness of God dwells in him, which means God is Christ-like. What do I mean by that? God is Christ-like. Character of God is shown in Christ. If you have a question, is God like that? Would God do that? Does God do that? What do you do then when you have those questions? You look to the Christ. 
And according to the scriptures, that's how we can see who God is, who God is and what God does. Amen? So if you're confused about something, which I am often, I look to the Christ, Jesus the Christ. Did he do that? Did he say that? Did he believe that? If he didn't say it or believe it, doesn't mean he didn't say it or believe it at some point, but it's not in the Bible, so I'm not going to stake an entire theology on something that Jesus never talked about or didn't do. I'm not going to say this is the centerpiece, even though Jesus never talked about it or didn't, didn't say it. As it relates to people, whew, Jesus was really pretty, pretty unambiguously clear in his actions that he was coming to reconcile all people to himself. That's what he was doing at all times and places. That's what it says in Colossians 1. The Christ came to reconcile all things and all people to God, making peace through the cross. And in Ephesians 1, we read this really crazy run-on sentence by Paul. Thank God for Paul, who existed before editors uh, made money editing. Um, with all wisdom and insight, my timer just went off. Okay. Um, with all wisdom and insight, the Christ has made known to us the mystery of God's will, according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ. So the mystery of God is revealed in Christ as a plan for the fullness of all time, to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Now, when I say in Christ, don't think... Um, like, the Christ is expansive and universal and has existed for all time. So the Christ, in th- he came to gather up all things in him. This is such a tough all-play question, so don't try to get the answer right, but just try to, try to start somewhere and, and, and we'll get there. What does it mean that the Christ came to gather up all things in himself? What does that mean? Just, just throw out some stabs. You put things right. Thanks, Jason. That all would know and be known by the Christ. Thanks, Will. There's room for everyone. Thanks, Doug. Yes, Jenny, somehow we would be image bearers too. To gather up all things in him means we all will be gathered up in him and begin to reflect him. What else? Inclusion versus exclusion. And then you start, like, your heartbeat starts racing, right? Okay, what do you really mean? Thank you, Amber. There's nothing outside of the inside of Christ. Let's put that on stained glass. Say it again. Wasn't my, I didn't make it up either. The, the great creativity is just knowing what to steal. That's the goal of creativity. What else? Gather up all things into himself. Yep. Things are pretty scattered without him. Thanks, Kristen. That he understands us. So we can work to understand him. Um, 
gosh, the Greek word for gather up all things into himself is anikaphal iosthestai, 19 letters. Whew. And it means essentially, it's like an, an arithmetic term. It essentially means that the summary of all of the good and evil of the whole world. This plus that minus this divided by that multiplied by this. At the end of the day, will be summed up by this person, the Christ, who is reconciling all things into one unified whole. That's the end of the story. That's where it's all going. And we're all invited. Amen. Your eating disorder, your divorce, your alcoholism, the abuse you suffered, and even the abuse you doled out, your judgmentalism, your perfectionism, your idealism, your hatred, your racism, your inability to change, your mistakes which seem to be set on auto-repeat, your sin, all of it belongs in some weird, bizarre way, and all of it will be summed up by the Christ who is reconciling all things. And all things will be made right and made new. There's nothing anyone can come against that or do anything about to stop. And there's no one that's excluded from that. And if there is someone that's excluded from that, then let's have a long conversation and cup of coffee, and we'll explore this beautiful book and find who's excluded, okay? Because you and I both have a desire that the winnowing fork would be brought out from time to time, do we not? That the chaff would be burned. Now, you can define the chaff however you want to define the chaff. And you can say the weed is whoever you want to say the weed is. And the Christ is saying, I'm coming to reconcile all things. Next week, Deva is going to talk about the belovedness that we are called into and that this text ends with. The voice that comes from heaven says about Jesus, he's my beloved. We'll come back for that.